Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we are previewing the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season, also discussing the latest news in NASCAR, particularly Daniel Suarez, a new driver of the number 96 Gaunt Brothers Racing Toyota. What are his expectations here for 2020? Can he make the playoffs? We'll discuss all that. Also, we'll take your phone calls at 917-889-8280. That is the number to call tonight. Let us know what you think about 2020. Are you excited for this year? Are you waiting for 2021? What about the Chevrolet camp? Will they rebound? Will they find themselves in 2020 and win some races and contend for the championship? Uh, a lot of questions heading into 2020, and we are getting closer and closer. Guys, it's a week from today that the entry list will most likely be out for the 62nd annual Daytona 500. Cars and trucks will be loaded up and ready to go for Daytona here in a week. Um, they'll be heading your way, Spencer, in a week. So we're getting to that time here. Super Bowl Sunday is, is a big day. I know Philip Matthew is uh, probably on pins and needles waiting for that Sunday to come. But yet here we are. Once Super Bowl Sunday comes, all attention turns to NASCAR World and Daytona National Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida, and that's what we're talking about tonight here on Talking in Circles. So again, 917-889-8280. That is the number to call here tonight. First things I want to get to before we preview the 2020 season is the news of the week. Uh, Daniel Suarez has been speculated for a long time that Suarez, uh, after leaving Stuart Haas Racing, we knew he wasn't going to be back at Stuart Haas Racing for some time. Cole Custer takes over the 41 car next season. Uh, we knew he wasn't going to be there a long time. All of a sudden, there was rumblings. He could go to RCR and Xfinity, but as soon as we heard Mike Snutter go to the 21 and they were going to shut down their two Xfinity car, those plans fizzled out. Yet here we are now, uh, and Daniel Suarez is the driver of the number 96 Gorn Brothers Racing Toyota. He's going to have sponsorship from Coca-Cola and Comscope, which is a division or an entity of uh, Aris, which was his sponsor over there at Gibbs and, of course, Stuart Haas Racing. Um, Back in the Toyota camp after a year away from the Toyota camp, uh, an interesting move, and there's a lot to dive into this, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. First, uh, Spencer, what were your thoughts when you heard Daniel Suarez going to the 96? Well, we've all speculated it over, I don't know, what the course of two weeks that that, that was the thoughts of him going over there. and um, It was really his only option without going into the Xfinity series. And um, You know, you mentioned will he – Will he have a shot to make the playoffs? I don't know. Um, you know, they're going to need a lot of support from Toyota. I'm sure they're getting a lot more support from Toyota now that he's over there. He's a big-name driver. He won a championship in the Xfinity Series with Toyota. Um, so he's familiar with the Toyota family and the cars. And um, He ran uh, Toyota in the Cup Series already before he was with Stuart Haas, and that's after he replaced um, Carl Edwards. So. He's, and I think it's good that he has Coke. You know, Coke does a lot for the sport. Um, they bring a lot of money to the sport. I'm sure, you know, they're paying a decent amount of money for sponsorship. Um, and I don't know the number or anything, but I'm just assuming that um, it's a pretty penny. Um, more than, you know, it's a better sponsor than what he could be dealing with. Um, and you said he has that sponsor that has to do with Ares, you know, Wi-Fi boxes, Internet, whatever. Um, so I think, you know, with those two decent-sized sponsors, and I'm sure they're getting help from Toyota. They have to. Um, you know, with Parker Klergerman over there, um, it's just Daniel Suarez is a more, a lot high caliber of a driver and bigger name, and Toyota seems to like him. So they're going to probably uh, invest more into that Gaunt Brothers team, and 
who knows? You know, there's four plate races um, this season, and they can go out and get their first win. And he can go out and uh, get one in the Daytona 500 and get one in, you know, August, I guess it is now. Um, Daytona and make the playoffs, <laughs> and that'd be huge for that team. So, Yeah, there's a lot to, to – uh, I talked about it earlier. I think there's a lot to digest with this with this move, and a lot to to look at even in the future here. Um, but I think one of the major things here, Philip, is that uh, Toyota is my is going to be a big part of this. They have now six cars uh, full time. They don't have a charter, which is interesting. They couldn't get their hands on one, but we'll see if that even matters here in the next couple of years. But um, they're going to have TRD power. I think the engines are going to be very very good there. At that 96 team, um, Dave Winston is going to be the crew chief, a new crew chief there. That was uh, Mike Hillman last year to be Dave Winston this year, which I think he's got an engineering background. Uh, he was a crew chief at the 95 car a few years ago when Michael McDowell drove. Um, what were your thoughts, Philip, when you read Daniel Suarez officially to the 96 again? We kind of felt this was going to be, the, you know, everything was sort of leaning this way. Really, uh, since the start of the, of, of the new year, we felt that Suarez was going to be in this 96 car. But what are your thoughts now that now that it is official? Well, I think it's good for the series in general that uh, you're going to have another full-time legitimate effort. Um, I say that based on some of the other teams that tried to take away uh, Gaunt Brothers, the bonus for being the best non-charter team. So they're actually going to run out full races with TRD power. They're going to be able to actually be a little more competitive. I would say, considering the bottom third of the regulars that ran every race last year, I think they could immediately kind of jump into that little pile. Uh, of course, like what Spencer said, plate races, Daniel Suarez has shown at times an affinity to be able to do well in those. I think Poconos and open and road courses are options as well. That's where Quigerman, of course, makes his Bones was at the road courses. They put more emphasis on those. So I think with the better power, with the better, you know, combination with a few bucks extra from Coca-Cola um, and and the Aris group, which they cut down the number of races they were working with them from a full contract to, I think, about a third of the season or something like that. I don't know exactly offhand, but whatever it is, it's more sponsorship than the 96 team has really had ever since they've really been in the cup series. They've already gone because built engines, built cars, all that. Uh, and they, they've done a good job with less. And I think this is an opportunity for t- not only Toyota, who has basically been, you know, putting all their eggs in Joe Gibbs basket for better or worse. And I think instead now they're actually moving uh, forward, uh, there's probably going to be a time or a place where they're probably going to have to have half or a third of the field. So at least they're moving in that factor, or in that, they're moving forward in that. Suarez keeping a cup opportunity. Tony wanted to keep him at Stuart Haas. Gene Haas didn't want him in the first place. Gene Haas doesn't know how to run a team. That's why he has Tony Stewart there. Um, he wanted to put his, his best friend's kid in the car, that's fine. He did whatever he did last year in Xfinity, and he's paying for the car, so whatever. Uh, Suarez has potential, as talent. Joe Gibbs rushed him up too quick and probably wasted him 
Uh, and I think if given the chance and given opportunities, pick and choose this year, he has, I mean, definite top 25 uh, in points. Because I don't know how many of these teams are really going to run full time, but there was only 31 last year. And uh, they have a chance to sneak into the top 20, which in turn, if they can back into a win, you know, you make the playoffs. So I mean, the potential is there for uh, Suarez and that whole group. And Winston understands working with a smaller effort as well, which means I think that's a group that could grow. Yeah, I do too, Philip. And I, and I think what, when you look at Gaunt Brothers Racing, and, I, and I, this is a team I've kind of um, pulled for in the past because I think they've sort of done it the right way. They started out as a part-time team, you know, uh, running as good as they could with the, with the opportunities they had. They had D.J. Kennington. They, they came from Canada, had their Canadian driver in D.J. Kennington, sort of built their way up. Parker Krugman, I thought, did pretty well in that car last year at times. Um, but, you know, now they're looking at it going, okay, we want to get our hands on a charter. They have, a, they have an opportunity. And they said, you know what, we're going to go for it. Uh, Marty Gaunt came out yesterday when this deal was officially announced and said, listen, we're working 24-7 at our shop. They felt this was an opportunity they, they could not pass up. And the, to get a driver that has the status of Daniel Suarez doesn't, for an organization like that, doesn't come around as often. Suarez could have definitely probably gone to Richard Childress Racing uh, and ran in the Xfinity Series and may have re, may, might have rebuilt his career there. Um, I'm not sure what the opportunities were. We'll never know. But he could have basically, if he won a race or two in Xfinity, said, okay, here we go. Here's Daniel Suarez. Back in at 28 years old, here we go. Um, but instead he went to Gaunt Brothers Racing, a team that took a chance on him. He took a chance on them. Um, I'm not sure how good they're going to run in 2020. I think part of it is that exactly what I just said. You know, Marty Gaunt, as great as that comment was to sit there and hear that, that they're committed to Daniel Suarez, was also as alarming as it is because you go, are they really ready to go full-time right now in 2020? Does that mean they're going to come off to a, to a sluggish start? We always hear teams, you know, when they get off to a sluggish start or a slow start and they're behind things, they go, we didn't really catch up until the off week in April. And that off week really helped us catch up on things. And so, you know, Daniel Suarez can't do that if he wants to make the playoffs this year. Of course, he'd be back into a win, Daytona, Talladega, et cetera. But if he wants to have a solid year in the points, they can't get off to a sluggish start. But I feel like this has more to do with the future of NASCAR and the future of what we're going to see these cars look like in 2021 and 2022 where I think a lot of these owners and these teams look at it and say, these cars are going to be more competitive. These back marker teams are going to be more competitive with a chassis that is built out of house and everybody gets their own, gets their chassis and they all pay for it. And it's sort of evening the playing field a little bit. I think that's part of the reason why you saw Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Take the 47 car this year, because he looked at it and said, Sure, it's not going to be a great 2020. I might not win a ton of races, but in 2021, that's a good seat. They have Hendrick Power. They have, uh, you know, we could get our hands on a car. They have a lot of money. They have a good sponsor. Let's go there. Um, I also give Suarez a little bit of credit because, like I talked about earlier, we see guys who sit there and say, I'm not taking a, a, a ride I can't win in. We've seen guys do that, and their careers have been destroyed. I remember when James Busher lost – his ride at his father-in-law's team over there at Turner Motorsports. He said, I'm not going to take a ride. I won't win in. And I said, well, see you later, James. You know, that's the end of you. And it was. And so Juan Pablo Montoya, I think, was sort of in this boat as well, where 
Now, Juan's a little bit different scenario because he had, he's so famous. He had so much success in IndyCar. He went back to IndyCar, of course, after NASCAR endeavors. But Juan could have – and Dan Patrick too. They could have stayed in NASCAR if they really wanted to, if they really were committed on rebuilding their careers. Again, Montoya's a little bit of a different scenario because he had some success elsewhere. But they could have stayed in NASCAR and said, we're going to rebuild our careers. We're going to go to Frontline Motorsports. We're going to go to another smaller organization and try and rebuild ourselves at these smaller organizations and then prove ourselves there and then maybe get the next big ride. They didn't do that. They decided not to do that. Danica, for other reasons, I think she was more interested in being a businesswoman and more power to her. Uh, like I said, with um, Montoya, he went to IndyCar and tried to have some success there. But there's been got, uh, numerous examples in the past of drivers not taking great rides and rather sitting at home, rather sit at home. So I give Suarez a little bit of credit to sit there and go, I want to be full-time. I still got a lot to learn. Remember, he's only in his fourth year. I think Philip made a great point. He was, I thought he was rushed to cup as well. Um, and, you know, a change of scenery, I felt like when he had a change of scenery after 2018, I thought he was going to really run well in 2019. I think he got a little bit of a raw deal last year at Stuart Haas because – SHR, especially at the second half of the year, all the three SHR cars aside from Kevin Harvick were atrocious last year uh, at the end of the year. And that's why all three of those teams have new crew chiefs, and one of those teams has, has a new driver. So um, I think it was just – he was kind of thrown in a situation where he expected to win and uh, expected to, to run well, and the team kind of fizzled out on him. Uh, so there's a lot thrown out there, but – one of the interesting things I, I saw about Suarez too, and again, this sort of points to my to my point about maybe them not being 100% ready to go full time yet, is that Suarez is not is el- he's eligible for the Bush Clash uh, on Sunday in a couple of weeks, but the team is elected not to run the Bush Clash. Uh, it's not uncommon to see teams do that of, of gaunt stature. You know, they might not have sponsorship. The race doesn't pay all that great, and they tear up a race car. What's the point? Um, but I, I think it's more than that. I just think that they, they sit there and want to focus on Daytona because they're not 100% ready for the the overhaul this is going to take to run 36 weeks on a schedule. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays out. What do you think, Spencer, is his expectations here for 2020? Um, do you think he's going to has an opportunity to make the playoffs here? Uh, what do you what would you consider when you look at, at if let's say you know we're sitting here in December. Um, of 2020, and we look back at the year and we say, well, that was a good year for Daniel Suarez. What would constitute a good year for him? What are your thoughts on, on that? Do you think a top 25, a certain amount of uh, top 10s, or a certain amount of top 20s? What are your thoughts on Suarez and how he should perform here in 2020? A driver is only as good as his car is. You know, you can, you know, you can have the greatest driver in the world, but if your car just isn't there, I mean, you're not going to win. That's just that's a proven fact. You can't win in a pile of junk. Now, I'm not saying Gone Brothers is a pile of junk. I'm just saying it's not a top tier team like you know what he was in. Yeah, he can go out and run well, like uh, Phillips said on the road courses. Um, I mean, for an example, look what Levine has done. They started small and now they're you know a big team, well, somewhat. And um, you know, with Toyota helping them the way they are, you know, this is kind of it's kind of shaping out to look like another Levine family racing team in the next couple of years. Um, he could make the playoffs. I mean, anything can happen on, uh, he has three chances to on a restricted plate and then road courses to make the playoffs. So, um, 
Uh, it's tough. I would say he would probably be maybe around the 20th spot in points. Um, you know, this is a different chain of scenery for him. Um, you know, he's used to being with these big old teams, Stuart Haas and Gibbs. And then you're going to the small team of Gone Brothers Racing um, where they run their operation different. Everybody runs their operation different. And who knows, you know, if this was a big team and um, a powerful team that wins a lot, then, yeah, I would say he can make the playoffs no problem. But I think this year it's uh, it's he's only limited to the races that he can win at. And I think we all three would agree on that. He's not going to go out and win on a mile and a half. Um, For sure. So I don't. And another I, thing, to, it's hard to say. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, another it's thing hard to keep to in you mind, Philip. You don't. You don't know. Another thing to keep in mind, Philip, as we get ready for uh, 2020, is the fact I brought up earlier. We're gonna go to a new car in 2021. Maybe some of these smaller teams, like Gaunt Brothers Racing, um, will be he- a little hesitant to build new race cars because what's the point of building a new race car when you're at a point in the year where you're not going to use them next year, and they're sort of irrelevant. Um, what are your thoughts on Suarez, quick, Philip? Um, do you think yeah. he will be a, around the top 20 points, like Spencer said, or do you think he'll be worse than that? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on his perspectives for 2020? I think top 25 in points is very realistic. Um, uh, Spencer brought up the point about Levine, the way that E. Benedetto ran for a good part of last season was around 26th in points. Then he ran, I think it started with Sonoma, and from then on, for like a few months, like he was running pretty darn good, top 15s and stuff, and he probably should have won Bristol and, you know, and and stuff, and they got, they started picking up when they got more support from JGR because they knew they were going to put Chris Bell in the car. I consider the Gaunt Brothers situation, albeit they don't have as much equipment, there's a bunch of changes. The West Coast swing is probably going to be very rough for them. Uh, excuse me, I think they're going to probably, Phoenix will probably do okay at, but Las Vegas and California won't be very pretty. Then once they come back this way, the short tracks will probably be all right. The one-and-a-half-mile racetracks are going to be nowhere. Um, top 25 in points, I think, is realistic. Will that happen? I don't know. Who knows what front row is going to bring to the table with only two teams? Who knows what RCR improvements are going to be? You know, you know, Bubba Wallace, the kind of the teams that were there. You know, Levine will. How big of a jump can they make? You know, there's there's certain drivers thinking about where who was in that area last year, um, where if they can, you know, piece together some runs, you know, a good run a month or two early on in the season, and then as the summer stretch starts, then during the Olympic, especially before the Olympic uh, vacation that they're going to have, um, not the teams, but whatever, uh, they they should start kind of progressing upwards towards the playoff time. Whether they're in or not really doesn't, I don't think, should matter to them because I think they're building towards 21, top 25 possibility of win. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Right around 20th, 25th, I think that's fair for that organization um, here in uh, 2020. And, and uh, if they do anything better than that, certainly a tremendous year for that organization. It's, again, a team running full-time. They, they didn't start straight from scratch because they had 
some races here the last couple of years, but uh, it is going to be a haul for them this year to go out there and uh, pump out 36 races, something they've never done before. 917-889-8280 here, Talking Circles tonight. Clayton Caldwell, Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan. Okay, guys, uh, now we start the 2020 preview here, and um, something I want to do is a lot of fun. I'm going to ask you guys some questions here. We'll get your predictions for 2020. Don't be shy. If you want to explain yourself, go right ahead. Um, but let's get it started. And, you know, just for a refresher here, um, we had 16 drivers in the playoffs last year, of course. We'll have that this year as well, uh, of course. Um, but the 16 drivers who made it were Kyle Busch, Martin Trix Jr., Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Brad Kozlowski, Clint Boyer, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, Ryan Newman, and Eric Jones. That's a lot of drivers. I know I threw a lot at you there. But uh, my question is simple. Um, if you had to predict one driver who uh, was outside the playoffs in – or let me rephrase that – who was not part of the playoffs in 2019 that will be part of the playoffs in 2020, who – is most likely to do that. Now, there's a lot of options there, of course. You know, we have a bunch of new drivers and in, in, in new rides. So, in your opinion, Philip, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Phil, uh, Spencer Cowan. The driver that was not part of the playoffs in 2019 that will be part of the playoffs in the Cup Series in 2020, who do you got? That driver that's most likely, who do you got? So, this is strictly based on the drivers that were in – last year or are we able to go and isolate even the people that are coming into the cup series this year? It's again, it's it. That's why I rephrased it. So it's not the yeah. guys who ran last, not all the guys who ran last year. You can have rookie yeah. of the year contenders. If you think Clint Cole Custer is most likely the driver, most likely to be part of the playoffs. That was not last year. Go ahead and vote Cole Custer. Uh, if you, but also William Byron could be a guy where you sit there and go, or excuse me, uh, Chris Buescher could be a guy where you sit there and go, hey, Chris Buescher had a great year last year. He's in a Roush car this year. I think he's going to make the playoffs. Go ahead. Uh, I think you know whatever you're comfortable with. Again, the, the wording is uh, drivers who are not part of the playoffs in 2020 that will, or excuse me, in 2019 that will be in 2020. Well, I, I'm. The I didn't think about this until I brought up the points just now. I had one right off the top of my head without without a sweat. It was Tyler Reddick um, in terms of many things that I feel, and we've had these discussions, and I've also posted it on my social media about the way that RC looks at Tyler Reddick, the way he just the way he talks, looks at him, and talks about him. It reminds me of one guy. And it reminds me of Earnhardt. He looks at him the way he looks at him and thinks of him the way he thought about Earnhardt. And there's just a different energy about that car, that team, and everything when it comes to that drive. And, of course, Tyler Reddick now, is, his girl, they're, they're engaged. They're, they're going to have the first kid. So he needs to get – he needs to make sure the baby's taken care of, all that stuff. That, to me, was my immediate thought. Uh, the other one that I think is also uh, someone that I would say, uh, really considering all kinds of different machinations going on, is Jimmy Johnson. It's his last year. 
the way he ran, he has ran for the last two and a half years, has been pretty not good, uh, considering what his record has been. And I would think that, you know, he'd be able to win a race or two, kind of like how Jeff Gordon and Tony did, kind of, you know, slide in and do whatever he has to do and kind of walk off with some level of, you know, uh, humble, humbly walk away, not going out like a Richard Petty or Darrell Waltrip or anything like that and being completely irrelevant. I think Jimmy Johnson will, will be able to make uh, the playoff uh, in 2020. Cool. Now those are two good guesses. And, and if Tyler Reddick can turn out to be what you think he can be, and, and you know, to me the jury's still out um, because – and I, it's not really a to me a um, a mark on Reddick as far as a mark on RCR. I, RCR hasn't been great in the last couple of years, and um, you know I know they've changed some things up, especially with that three team. I think that three team's entirely new, um, from, aside from the driver. So they've really changed some stuff up here in 2020, which is a good thing. You know I, I believe people win championships, not cars, not not parts, not pieces, uh, people. And so, you know, if you want to get better, you change the people. Um, but RCR has really struggled since Harvick's left. And so if um, if Reddick can be that guy, boy, that will certainly change some things up here in the Cup Series. Spencer Cowan, uh, I know you got some, you've got you had some time here while we were discuss- in the discussion to, to think about it. Um, who do you got? Is there a guy outside the playoffs who was not part of the playoffs in 2019 that will be – in 2020, who's most likely to do that in your mind? I'll start with that first, and I'll get to my rookies. I'd have to say Jimmy Johnson. Um, you know, as soon as you asked the question, he was my pick instantly. Um, he didn't miss it by much. Um, it's his last year. Him and Cliff Daniels weren't together a lot last year. Um, I feel like I felt like they, uh, you know, they got their feet wet together, and they can uh, really. Uh, really have a great relationship together and really run well. And um, I just don't see him missing the playoffs two years in a row. Um, You know, it wasn't really a shocker that he missed it last year, the way they ran. You know, they haven't ran good in the past few years. Um, That whole organization is struggling. We all know that the only guy over there that's really doing anything is Chase Elliott. Um, So I'd have to say him. You know, he's going to go out in his final year full-time, I guess they would say. He wants to run a few other things, but for his NASCAR career, yeah, I think he's going to make the playoffs, and you know, he could go deep, but if Hendrick comes out struggling, you know, if their cars aren't that good, you know, I don't care how good of a driver you are, like I said earlier, you have to have a good car. You just have to, so they need to have good cars for him, and he, you know, if he has a good car, he can go out and do his thing. He's a seven-time champion, so um, yeah, he's, yeah, he makes the playoffs, and then as far as rookies, um, I'd like to see all three of them make it. I think it'd be cool. I just don't see Reddick making it in the RCR camp. I just don't. They haven't run good. Um, the only thing they got going for them is qualifying, but it never transitions to the race. Um, so, you know, Dylan has struggled over there. I mean, he has. Uh, Hemrick was not too good last year. They just, for the past couple of years, they have not been good. Um, if their cup program was like their Xfinity program, they'd be lights out. And uh, it just hasn't been that way, so yeah, I don't see Reddick making it. Um, I'd say Bell will make Interesting. it. And I would say Cole Custer would make it. Interesting. And I don't know who I, I would um, replace them with. That was in uh, this year. So that's, that's my next. You know, bump out, but. 
that's funny. That's my next question that that uh, I was going to ask. So let's hang tight on that for a second. Yeah, let <laughs> let me. Uh, I'll give you my my pick here. Interesting. Nobody picked Matt Benedetto because he was not part of the playoffs last year. He's in a really good ride this year. Oh, he's, got he's got Penske. He's got Penske equipment. Um, interesting. That there's a lot, and that's why I asked the question because I think there's a lot of questions going into the year. A, a guy I like a lot, who I think had a really good year last year, um, Chris Busher, and now he's in a. Would you say Roush is a better car? Probably they got a, a better history for sure. Um, so that could be a guy who missed the, the playoffs by four races, uh, four spots last year, but you know had also had a record of like 13 or 14 consecutive top 20 finishes. Um, and he can, if he can do that and stay consistent like he did last year, I could see that team getting into the playoffs. So there's a lot of options there. Jimmy Johnson's a very good point you guys both made. Uh, I think he's going to be hungry this year to make it. Um, you know, and then you have the rookies who are tremendous. But I think the guy most likely to me who's going to make the playoffs who wasn't a part of it last year is Chris, Christopher Bell. Uh, I think Bell, I'm going to consider that a fifth uh, JGR car over there at Levine Family. I, I think he's ready to go. I think he, he's been, uh, you know, harnessing his skills in the Xfinity Series. He's in, the I think, arguably the best car of the three rookies. Maybe you could say, well, maybe Cole Custer, but, you know, that team last year struggled uh, in that 41 car, and they haven't really changed a whole lot. A lot, a lot of different things in that uh, 95 this year. they got a much tighter alliance with JGR this year, a new crew chief, a new driver, obviously. I think they're um, – they're, they're, they're destined for some good things. So Spencer kind of uh, led us to the next segment. So as I asked that one, who was most likely to well, – that was part of that – was, that was not part of the playoffs in 2019. That would be part of them in 2020. I'll ask you this, and Spencer, I'll let you start since I started with Philip last time. What driver who was part of the playoffs in 2019 is most likely not to be part of the playoffs in 2020? That's tough because honestly, we have you know it is. every guy who made the playoffs last year deserved to be there. You know, we had the yeah, I mean, I mean you you named the list earlier. I mean, you got Bush, Hamlin, Truex, Logano, Harvick, Keselowski, Elliott, Kurt Busch, Larson, Bowman, Jones, Blaney, Byron, Almarola, Boyer, and Newman. I mean, those are the biggest guys in the sport. You know, with the best teams, so it's really so hard to squeeze any of them out and put any new ones in. Um, man, that's tough. Uh, let me, based off, you put me on the spot here, buddy. Um, wow. Uh, well, I, got I would have one. to say, Boyer. I'd have to say Boyer. Um, I'd have to say Boyer and yeah, that's an, in- I don't, I don't, Go ahead. I don't want to say Boyer, but, um, really you, the guys, like I just named them, it's so hard to take them out of playoff contention. You know what I'm saying? They're the biggest, they're the biggest guys in the sport with the biggest teams, and they win races every year. And I don't know. I just with what I'm limited with and drivers, I'd have to say Boyer's the odd man out. It's funny because you, you're absolutely correct. It's a t- very, very tough decision because. But how many times and how many years do we see the same playoff 16? Ever? It doesn't happen. So somebody in these 16 guys maybe even multiple guys. This might be three or four that were in the playoffs last year aren't going to be in the playoffs this year. There's no question about that. So as hard as it is, you know, you have a pretty good chance of, of getting it correct. Um, but 
it's it is hard as it can be right now because we just don't know what's going on here. Yeah, and I think after the West Coast swing, if I ask you guys this question here, uh, it'll probably be a little bit easier to answer because you've seen what everybody's kind of got here. But before Daytona, that's what makes it so much fun is to predict about what you think is going to happen. How about you, Philip? Uh, Spencer gave us Clint Boyer. Uh, who do you think? A driver that was part of the playoffs in 2019 that won't be in 2020. Yeah, if, uh, if Spencer needed a minute, that's where I was going to go. Uh, that was going to be the easy choice to me. Uh, it was Clint Boyer. I have, I think that Bowman, I'll say Alex Bowman, uh, because basically, you know, they put everything with Clyde in the nine car. They have a thing with Will Byron. The 48 is you don't know what's going to happen. We've discussed it a few weeks ago about what might happen. I think a Penske driver, meaning one of the two Penske drivers that isn't Joey Logano, uh, is going to go to the Andrew Motorsports. You said Brad Keselowski. I think Ryan Blaney. Um, uh, and so that would mean like, and then I also think the 88 car needs to be rebadged. You need to remake it. And Bowman's there because Junebug liked him, to be completely honest. Yeah, he's been all right. Yeah, you won a cup, one race last year and all this. That's great. At some point, I know there's always been that odd man out team. Maybe it's a time that that felon finally goes and says, all right, we can have three cards, um, you know, or something like that. Or maybe they go and get a Daniel Hemrick and they bring him off or something like that. You know, it's, to me, I don't think that Bowman's long for that ride. And that would be, you know, accelerated if he were to miss the playoff. I also think, like, you brought up Chris Buescher in the previous question about somebody who would be a possibility. Uh, I would think that he replaces teammate Ryan Newman. Uh, Newman made it strictly on, you know, running about 16th every week or whatever that he was doing. And I don't think... I mean, here's the problem. He only had 31 full-time teams, and more than half of them made the playoffs. I think there are more competitive teams this year, just off paper, than there were last year. So based on that and what you're talking about, there's going to be more drivers than whatever than maybe than just one that might miss the playoffs. I really do feel like there could be a real shift. You consider all the big the big three rookies. You consider Matthew Benedetto in the 21. You talk about Busher going to the 17. There's a lot of changes. And then we talk about Suarez for the first part of the show. If he backs in and gets a win, you know, any of these guys, Chris Busher made the playoffs of front row motorsports by winning at Pocono in a, in a, in a rainstorm, you know, like it's not out of the realm. So it's a thing where, you have to look at the teams that kind of weren't that great. And I consider Boyer and Bowman and, and Brian Newman to be three of those cars. And, and, and Eric Almirola is kind of on the edge too, but I, I don't think it's as bad. For yeah. Listen, I think all three of those guys you mentioned are, are good guesses, good candidates because there was times last year, they, they all had their flaws last year. I should say, you know, with Newman, he was finishing. He finished well, but he would run in the first two stages. He'd be terrible, and you know that's where a lot of these teams would gain points on him. And you know by the end of the day, he 
finish 11th or 12th, and you go, oh, that's not a terrible run. But you're like, oh, well, you finished stage one and 19th and stage two and – or finished stage one and 22nd, finished stage two and 19th, and somehow they got some track position, and Newman, who's a difficult to pass, you know, finished 12th. Um, so that's kind of – kind of 12th place in the Hall of Death at the end of the races. So that's a flaw for that team. They just need to put all their – Races together. Uh, we talked about Stuart Haas and those three teams really struggling. Those other three Stuart Haas teams, aside from Harvick, um, they really struggled last year, especially at the end. They in the playoffs, they took a nosedive. Borders on a one-year contract. I feel like there's just this anticipation in that 14 car right now, where everybody's sort of sitting there going, "Give me a reason to replace Clint Boyer in that 14 car." Um, you know, and and there's a potential with with Larson and a lot of silly season maneuvering going on next year. There's a potential for that as well. So uh, I think he's definitely a guy. Um, and you know, it's going to be fascinating to see just who will miss these playoffs. And and I would love to go back here and and play this show for us. You know, when we get to September and these playoffs and say, man, we thought that guy was going to have a good year and he had a terrible year. We thought that guy was. We didn't mention that guy. You know, another guy we didn't mention about making the playoffs. That I think, you know, when you look at where the Busher ran last year, Stenhouse, Stenhouse, he could totally win a play track, and um, that team might be able to take the next step in the right direction as well. So uh, it's just a matter of who gets replaced there, um, and it's going to be fascinating to watch how it all plays out. But I think Boyer right now, that's my pick uh, right now here as uh, we sit in January here in 2020. Okay, uh, next question, guys. We do have four drivers running for Rookie of the Year this year. Um, Reddick, Custer, Bell, and John Hunter Nemechek, who we didn't mention. Um, also, uh, we also have Brandon Poole, who's going to be a fifth driver, but Poole's going to be driving a 15 car for Premium Motorsports. Uh, I think it's fair to say that he will be a an absolute long shot, the longest shot you could have to win the Rookie of the Year, but he's still going to be el- eligible for it. Um with that being said, guys, uh, of the big four, Reddick, Custer, Bell, or John Hunter, who do you think wins the Rookie of the Year this year? Uh, a lot of great guys, and this is part of the reason, you, Philip, you brought up a good point. I think Spencer even mentioned it too, where the field is ultra-deep deep this year. Part of the reason for that is because we have three young kids, three of the, of the big three from the Xfinity Series last year in the Cup Series in competitive rides. Uh, that helps it a lot. So, um who do you think wins Rookie of the Year? I'll start with Phillips since I started with Spencer last time. Who do you think wins Rookie of the Year, Reddick, Custer, Bell, or John Hunter? Well, I went on the driver. I'm just going to continue. I base whatever who's the most likely person who wasn't in the playoffs. I'm going to go with Reddick. Um, it's just, it, to me, it's just that there's so many things going on with that. I it, that dynamic because I also think he's going to blow even, even if let's just say that I'm completely wrong about him winning a race or making the playoffs or whatever, he's going to blow Austin Jones off the racetrack. And then all of a sudden pop-ups and have to start thinking about, Oh, I got a problem here. You know, I've changed everything, but the, but the, the door lock and, and him. And it's like, okay, everything else changes. He still sucks. It's like at some point you're going to have to realize what the real problem is with the team. And I think Reddick is the guy. Um, the smart money, I think, would be to go with Cole Custer because he's with a fully functional four-car effort, even though Stuart Haas outside of the four-car, as we've mentioned, has not been, was nowhere 
last year uh, and or Chris Bell because it's basically a fifth JGR car and that's Toyota's guy. He's been a Toyota guy for years. They did not want to lose him under any circumstances. They were going and circumventing all kinds of things to make sure he's there. Uh, but to me, it's uh, I'll, I'll take Kyle Reddick. I have no problem with it. I'll go with that. I'm, I'm, I'll stick with that for the long term. That's a good, you know, dynasty bet to me is, is Kyle Reddick. How about you, Spencer? Another tough question here. Uh, I kind of like throwing them at. I like the tough questions. I kind of like throwing them out there uh, that. that are that are really really difficult. Um, but it, it's just it shows you what how this year is going to be the interesting stuff to watch this year. Um, how about rookie of the year? Custer, Bell, Reddick, John Hanemichek. Who's your rookie of the year this year here in 2020? I mean, no. Like you pretty much eliminated out uh, Brennan Poole, but I think with two John Hunters up, I think he's out too. Um, and I'm not saying anything about his talent. It's just, you know, he's um, kind of in pool situation compared to who he's going with. Um, I'd have to say Christopher Bell. Uh, with what that team did last year, you know, towards the end of the year, now they got even more support because Bell's in the car. Toyota loves him. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think him and that team can have a really good year. So I'd have to take Christopher Bell. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Bell, and it's funny because um, I have a a friend I talk racing with a lot, and uh, you know we kind of disagree a lot on on a few things, but we I think we respect each other's opinions. And uh, you know he thinks Bell's not going to have a great year this year, and I'm like, dude, I think Bell's the most polished of all three of those guys. Uh, I think he's in. He's got JGR stuff. I think he's going to be the most competitive of all three of those guys. And it's not really anything. I, I felt Custer to me could have used another year in Xfinity. I understand why they moved him up this year, um, but I felt like he could have used another year in Xfinity for sure. Um, but uh, he's here, and I think he's going to do fine. But I, that team, what they did last year, you know, I, I like Mike Schipple a lot, but. There's still some question marks, and to me, the the, the biggest home run right now uh, is Christopher Bell. So I'm going to do that, you know. And, and I put John Hunter in there because, you know, John's a, a I think he's got a lot of skill. But like Spencer said, I think at the end of the day, um, unfortunately, um, you know, he just doesn't have the team right now to uh, go out and compete for Rookie of the Year like the way he would like to. Okay, I started with Philip last time. I'm going to start with Spencer this time. Driver that will get their first win first. Um, you know, and that, again, there's a lot of drivers out there who don't have first wins. You know, I, I mentioned one earlier, William Byron could be a guy you look at and say, oh, I think he's going to win uh, his first cup race this year. Last year we saw uh, Alex Bowman do this. You know, so I, I think he's a guy. Bubba Wallace we haven't talked about at all. You know, they're going to have – you know, they're going to announce a sponsorship here. They At least they've, they've – that's been the rumor. They're going to announce a, sponsor, a big yeah. kind of sponsor for this team in the 43 before Daytona. Uh, he has yet to visit Victory Lane. Corey Joyce in a 32 car who's going to have a stronger alliance with Stuart Haas Racing this year. Ty Dillon doesn't have a win. Ryan Priest doesn't have a win. And Priest is in the 37 last year, which had a pretty good team, in the 37 this year, which had a pretty good year a year ago. Uh, Matt Benedetto, who's in the 21 car, he doesn't have a win. Yet, um, you know, the list goes on and on. William Byron I talked about earlier. Uh, 
you know, who do you guys think all the rookies? Bell, Reddick, Hemrick, um, Spencer, I think I'm starting with you this time. Who do you think gets their first win first? Uh, I'm going to say Matt Benedetto, and I'll tell you why. The Wood Brothers have gotten so good over the past, I don't know, since Blaney was there, I guess you can say. Uh, won two poles, won a race, made the playoffs, um, and they are really good on restricted plate racetracks. Very, very, very strong. Um, we saw what Menard did in the clash, led the whole damn thing. Um it's that team, it, you saw what he did. He led the most laps in the 500, and then he got wrecked out. So um, I think with how good that team is and how good of a driver he is, um, I would have to say that Matt Benedetto will get his first win before all of them and will get the 100th win for the Wood Brothers, which would be awesome. Um, and I like the Wood Brothers. You like the Wood Brothers. I have family that works for the Wood Brothers, and that's not why I'm picking them. I'm just, I really think that they have a really good shot at going out and winning races because um, Matt's a hell of a driver and that team has gotten really good. And they're aligned with Penske. Um, they got good equipment, so that that's my pick. And, um, and when he does it, I'm pre-ordering the diecast because that's going to be one hell of a party for that team and him. So, <laughs> How about you, Philip? I'm going to ask you the same question I asked uh, Spencer. Who do you think gets their first win first? So I mentioned all the guys earlier who don't have a win yet in the Cup Series. Uh, a lot of young guys this year, a lot of guys who are, are chomping at the bit, I'm sure, to um, get this season started. Who do you think gets their first win first there, Philip? Well, Spencer's two for two in taking my my answer, so I was going to Great minds think alike. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're on the show together. Uh, two for – so I was going to say D Burrito, and it could happen in two, three weeks from now in the 500. Um which would be huge, Wood Brothers. There's, there's, there's so many good vibes going on. I think it's a good thing. It's going to be a good partnership for them, for sure. Um, I'm going to go and deviate. I'll go with Chris Bell. Uh, Chris Bell, I, you know, I watched him driving midgets for years, and he's won, he won three straight Chili Bowls and had a chance to win four in a row and got passed by Young Money late. And the fact is he probably could have and should have won the last two Xfinity titles. And Tyler Reddick threw a little bit of guy, a little bit of moxie, whatever kind of got around him. But he was dominant. And uh, he was dominant the way that Kyle Busch was dominant in Xfinity in that equipment, Tony Stewart, or a few people, you know, when they had one stage yard change at Toyota. And Chris Bell, in terms of what Toyota wants, is their guy. He's the future of Toyota and NASCAR. Uh, as much as Kyle Busch is a young guy, Chris Bell's still got a bunch of years on him. And he's got so much potential and talent. And he's going to get started early on this year. And he's going to win. And it's going to be, uh, I mean, it'll blow up my whole thing with, with talking about Tyler Reddick, but hell, it doesn't matter. I think they want Toyota to win anyways. They want to get a Chris Bell their guy. It's all going to work. So uh, I figure Chris Bell will win uh, out of all the guys who don't have a win. I have personal bias, as I'm putting aside, mainly because of being realistic. 
So, yeah, I'll say Chris Bell. Oh, good. None of you guys took my pick uh, for the first win, and uh, I'm going to go with William Byron. Uh, I think Chevrolet is going to be a little bit better this year. Um, I do think the nose that they have will help them. I, I think Byron had a pretty good year last year, and uh, he's got, let's be honest, he's got, what, a top five crew chief in the garage area on a pit box there for that 24 car. So um, I think Byron is going to be a guy who, you know, I don't know if he's going to go out and have a, a breakout season, but I could definitely see him visiting victory lane this year. And I, I'm going to go with William Byron. I think he's going to be the guy who will get his first win first. Okay. I like doing opposites because, you know, every year you have a guy who gets their first win usually, or you have a guy who gets their last win. So, uh, Philip Matthew, I'll start with you. What driver is most likely, in your opinion, to get their final win in the Cup Series in 2020? Uh, I think I might know the answer. You guys are going to get because he's going to retire. I was going to say, parked it in a way. I might know the answer. I jumped the gun, but the fact of the matter is, when you parked the question the way you did there, you kind of left it out there. Like Kyle Farnsworth used to hang fastballs um, when he came out of the bullpen. Uh, yeah, Jimmy gets number, he gets 84 and 85, so that he can make Daryl Walter cry in his house. And his relevancy goes away further, which would be great for the world. Um, maybe NASCAR will correct their uh, wrong, and he will be tied with Bobby Allison at 85 wins. I think that would be the, that's the most likely, uh, most realistic. There probably could be somebody else that gets their last win this year, but um, that's the one that came to me immediately. No, I, it was a tremendous. Uh, uh, you're right. I put it out there, and that, listen, that's a fair question. I think it's a fair answer uh, because there's a guy, he's a guy who's going to be running his final year in the Cup Series. So. And a good ride, and a very, very good ride, a winnable ride. So, listen, that's that's a fair point. If you think Jimmy Johnson's going to win this final race this year, that's a, that's a fair answer. How about you, Spencer? You do you agree with Philip Matthew that that might be the guy who will get his last win here in 2020? Remember, it's been a long time since we've seen that 48 car in victory lane. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, I say Ryan Newman. Um. You know, if you look at Ryan Newman's career, he doesn't ever really go on a tear. He just kind of wins a couple here and here. Um, And it's been since Phoenix, and I believe 2017 since his last win. Um, And he doesn't have that much longer. You know, he has kids, he has a wife, they have the rescue ranch. Um, You know, he's set for life. Um, I would have to say Ryan Newman will get a win this year, and it will be the last cup win in his career just because the way, you know, his wins kind of come sporadically. Um, he doesn't win a whole lot, just kind of here and there. So uh, Ryan Newman will have his final win in 2020. That's a fair answer. Uh, a guy, another guy who we haven't seen in victory lane in a long time, um, and a team that we haven't really seen in victory lane other than a play track in a really long time. I think um, maybe it was uh, Carl Edwards was the last driver. Well, I think Carl Edwards – 
Carl Edwards was the last guy who didn't win on a play track at Roush Fenway. So uh, it's been a long, 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 long time for that organization. I've got another guy for you. Uh, I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. I think Kurt will visit Victory Lane this year in the Monster Energy Chevrolet, um, but I think it's going to be his last win. You know, kind of a, an older guy who um, I think is going to be still very competitive, but not sure as next year folds and these guys, these young kids who have been great, get a year under their belt here in 2021. He's at least going to run in 2021. We know that. Not sure if he's going to run in 2022 and beyond that. Um, but I think Kurt Busch is going to be the guy who will get his final win here um, in 2020. Okay. Uh, let's see where we're going to go to uh, next. Okay. Um, what driver, who do you think is going to win um, the most races in 2020? Uh, we always see – it's funny, each year we kind of have a, a different theme. A couple of years ago it was a big three. Last year we sort of had a, uh, a lot of drivers spread out. Um, but who do you think as far as uh, will win the most races this year? I'll start with Spencer Cowan. Uh, is there a guy out there that you look at? I mean, it could be Kyle Busch. Uh, it could be uh, Denny Hamlin. It could be uh, Kyle Larson. If you think the Chevrolets are going to really you know, take a step up in the right direction – what are your thoughts? Do you uh, who do you think is going to win the most races here in 2020? As I hate to say it, you nailed it, Kyle Busch. Um, and you know, with Truex losing Cole Pern, you know that I really don't think they're going to go out and dominate. Um, I said it in the, I think the first show of the year. You know, he lost. You know, he lost a big part of that team in Cole Pern. Uh, and Kyle Busch, you know, he still has Adam Stevens. You know, he wins every year. Won the championship last year. Uh, it's either going to be him or Harvick, but I would have to say um, Kyle Busch. Uh, Toyota and Joe Gibbs is just phenomenal. And then boys don't play around. They go out, and they're, they're hungry for wins each and every week. And they're a threat to win each and every week. And um, Kyle Busch is probably the best answer to go with, unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, he's great. There's no question about it. I, I think don't think anybody will argue that uh, that he's great. How about you, Philip? Do you agree with Spencer Cowan as far as uh, Kyle Busch is concerned? There's no doubt the guy is a tremendous talent, wins uh, a ton of races every year. Do you think he wins the most races here in 2020? Uh, yeah, he is three for three. I don't, but I'm going to in with Spencer. I do not want to give that all they don't want to give Kyle Busch that much credit. Uh, he doesn't really deserve it. Since NBC SN spent, I think, half of the 24 hours of Daytona talking about him, driving a GT Daytona car when there were no happens in the factor. I'm going to say Joey Logano. Uh, he has Paul Wolf, and I think that, you know, he his crew chief uh, was holding him back in some ways. Yes, they put it together and won that championship, a couple of years ago now, but I also they also were they he got a penalty and didn't even make the playoffs the year before. Paul Wilson is best crew chief in this garage area, and he's a he drove he's a racer and you put him with a guy like Billy Logano, who is like a bulldog, he's the annoying goofy, goofy nerdy bulldog, and. They they're gonna do, and the point is Penske's hedging his bets. He's, he's hedging with the car that has the most sponsorship with the driver that's young and everything. He's hedging, and he knows that that's long term. 
And to me, you know, I think that there's like, you, it's like it could blow it out the water kind of potential uh, with the 22 with that combination. I think not just, I think long-term it's going to be great for Joey Donna, but I also think short-term it could be huge. Uh, and I think he'll win the most races here in uh, 2020. Yes, I like that pick a lot, too. Um, I think Logano is a very, very talented race car driver. Um, I, that, that move, those, that crew chief flop, man, it, it, it's a little head-scratching. And I know we discussed a little bit about Kozlowski at the end of last year where we sat there and uh, said, you know, that, that it just seemed like that team was almost like the playoffs where they just couldn't really get out of their own way in the playoffs. But um, there was no doubt there that Paul Wolf and I thought Kozlowski got along great, and they had a great repertoire, and they had uh, – to me, that's where the magic is between a crew chief and a driver. And, I, I mean, that, that is such a curious move, um, why they decided to do that. And all three guys, you know, you could have flopped Logano. You could have flopped, uh, you know, Kozlowski and Blaney. I think people would have understood that maybe a little bit better. Logano, like you said, he's – a champion in 2018, and now all of a sudden to make a crew chief change a year later, it just was a little bit odd. But, uh, you know, here we are. Um, but Paul Wilson, great crew chief, there's no question about it. Todd Gordon, uh, I think he's a good crew chief. Maybe it's evaluation of the crew chiefs, too, where they sit there and go, listen, we've had these guys for a long time, aside from Boland, really. But, um, you know, if they struggle again and, and Blaney gets out to a box where he's not running very good, we're going to make a we're gonna make a complete overhaul and bring in a guy who could be uh, – you know, could can be the uh, crew chief for the future of these for this team. So uh, it is interesting to see. I think Spencer brought up a great point too about Martin Trex Jr. Uh, I am curious to see how that happens. You know, again, I always say um, the magic is between a crew chief and a driver. That's where you know you gain your your momentum. I mean, I mean, how many great and iconic crew chief and driver combinations have we seen in the past that worked so well? And as soon as they broke up, you know, people were longing for that guy again. I mean, Jeff Gordon had a great career after Ray Everham, but he was never as good as he was with Ray Everham. Tony Stewart, the same way with Greg Zipidelli. He was never the same. He had a great run with Greg Zipidelli and had, had a fine career after, but he was never the same without Greg Zipidelli. You can probably say the same thing about Jimmy Johnson, uh, even though he's only going to have two years without Chad Canals. So uh, it is going to be curious to see how Martin Trix Jr. does with James Small here uh, over there at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, so I think we hit a lot of things tonight here, guys, on um, on 2020. But this last minute or so that we're going to spend on this show, I want uh, – I probably asked you this here um, not too long ago, but I want to kind of do it again. Uh, just one kind of quirky oddball prediction for 2020. I'll start with Spencer. Um, as far as something you don't see happening, any it could be anything. It could be, you know, you see, uh, uh, I don't know, you know um, – a, a, crew, a couple of crew chiefs get moved out in the middle of the year, which we haven't seen in a while. Um, just one or two uh, things that you see happening here um, in 2020 that uh, might surprise some people. What are your th- What are your thoughts on that? Uh, as good as some of the people are on the Daytona 500, I am still going to stick with the same I had last year. Uh, we have a first time uh, Daytona 500 winner. I just think there's a lot of a lot of good cars this year, and there's a lot of good play racers that haven't won it. And you got to think Kyle Busch hasn't won one yet. He's a hell of a driver. So, um, first time Daytona 500 winner. How about you, Philip? Anything that you got? Uh, you got, you know, uh, 
brewing that you think maybe you're looking at 2020 and you say, that's kind of an interesting thing I got brewing in my mind here that maybe not a lot of people vision. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm not, I'm going to go. We didn't spend any time talking about really Xfinity or truck. Uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get really crazy. And I'm going to say Hollywood Hammond goes and helps play Greenfield win the truck race at Daytona, and they end up running for the full season championship. Freaking Jeff Hammond hasn't been a crew chief in 20 years. He's going to go out there with a big gas tank and all the other stuff he used to do 40 years ago or whatever with Daryl Alpert. He's going to figure out where to do it. That's, that's, I, 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 that'll be such a great story, and, and I've already been making jokes about it. There's so many good things that could come from that. Uh, they kind of need that. The sport needs it. I want him to wear a Schmedium shirt and go and pit the truck, go and go and pit the truck, then go and make the call to go and win the race. That's my that's my oddball pick because I just want to see it happen. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be wild. I gave you guys mine a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to do it again for the listeners who didn't listen. Uh, I think this is Brad Kozlowski's final year at Team Penske. I said that earlier, and I'll say, I'll stick by that. I could be wrong. But uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. I want to thank Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew. I know I kind of threw you guys into a little bit of a, uh, you know, odd situation as far as some of these questions. But that's what I wanted to do because it, it you know, you think out loud and and um, you know it gets it, it makes it fun, you know, that the, these predictions. And maybe we'll look back at these here. Yeah, yeah it, it, we'll look back at these here in a couple of uh, months and, and look back and say, man, we were totally off, or man, we hit that right on the head. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of both. Um, We'll see you guys next week. We'll be here next week uh, on Talking Circles. We'll preview a little bit of it. We'll have uh, – hopefully we'll have the, the entry list for the Daytona 500. We'll, pre- we'll talk about that, um, and we'll get ready, ramp up for Speed Weeks 2020. It's already here. It's hard to believe. Good luck to Phillip in the San Francisco 49ers yeah. uh, in the Super Bowl this week. I know uh, – I'm sure there's going to be some nervous times there on Sunday, but good luck to you trying when you're uh, sixth. Super Bowl, uh, a lot of us are jealous about that. Um, I want to thank Spencer Cowan as well. We'll see you here in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll see you next time here on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.